Welcome to Menu, the Feel Good Food Stories podcast. Whoop whoop. Okay, so I'm serving up a starter, main, and dessert of good food, chat, joy, and laughter. And that's going to be from myself and my brilliant guests that I have on every week. We talk about things like food memories, food dating stories, we throw in the odd review now and again, and there's a big dollop of food joy. So pop your napkin on your lap and let's get stuck in. Okay, so this week we have got um, my dating story uh, involves times two dinners. Listen to that, it's coming up shortly. Uh, My guest this week, my main or your main, will be Ben Purton. I am serving up Ben for you. (laughs) Have a listen to his interview. It's really, it's really good, really interesting about his career and kind of have a bit of a laugh about things as well. So tune in for that. And then I experienced my first cruffing. I have never had a cruffing before. I mean, I don't know why. I don't know how this happened, but I didn't have one before until now. So yes, listen to how that goes. <laughs> so this this popped into my head this week and I thought, God, I remember this. Like, I remember when um, I went out with this guy and I have to say it was like an online thing. And he came and he bought chocolates and he bought flowers, which I thought was a bit cliche, but I thought, oh, it's quite nice. Even though the chocolate he bought was like (laughs) a big slab of dairy milk. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? You know, them ones, they're not quite the ones you get for a pound. They're a bit bigger than that. But still, I was like, hmm. You know, generally, I think you'd buy like a box of chocolates. But anyway, so I thought, okay, nice thing to do. (coughs) Oh, good. And then the flowers, well, it was a rose. And I thought, oh, God, again, not very inventive or imaginative. But I thought, you know what? It's all good. Take you for what it is. The man's bought me flowers and chocolates. All good. Anyway, we went out um, and we actually went to Nando's for the first day. And some people think, oh, Nando's for the first day. But to be honest, I ain't bothered about that, you know, as long as it's food and I'm cool with the food and I am cool with Nando's. It's all good. Went on the second day, went to... Actually, I think you're somewhere in the mailbox. I think it was Cafe Rouge. Again, not the best in the world, but all right. Do you know what I mean? You can find someone to eat. Again, not a major. Do you know what I mean? Fine. That was that. And then the third day. So I was like, okay, what are we going to do for the third day? Then like, what do you fancy doing? Not very forthcoming. So I was like, oh, God, I better think about organising this. I did pretty much organize the other two well I say organize but you know (laughs) book them suggested them which can be a bit annoying at times I just don't like it when you're always the person doing all the booking and all the arranging you're like hello you're supposed to be interested in me as well do you know what I mean do something anyway that aside so I was like okay you know third day what should I think of doing don't know some foodie thing, of course, eating. So I was like, um, oh, there's a few places here that I was thinking of going. What do you think? And he was like, oh, no, that's it now. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, no, like I've taken you out twice. He said, I can't keep doing this. It cost me a fortune. 
I was like, wow. <laughs> so I did wonder, do people have like a, a limit on these things? Do people say, right, I've taken you out five times in a row. That's it now. No more of that. You know, I, I don't know. I just thought twice. I just thought that's not really enough because, and I say that not because I think empty your wallet, do you know what I mean? It's because for me, I was quite cautious, like dating, especially dating people online. So you've got to be careful. So if we're not going to meet in public, yeah, where are we going to meet next time? Because you're not coming to mine and I'm not coming to yours. So we need to keep meeting publicly until I feel like, yeah, actually, he's all right. You know, if I went to his house, if he invited me for dinner, I'll go. But until then, I'm not going to do that. So I was a bit like, hmm, do you know what I mean? So I just, I did wonder if anybody else felt like that. But I was quite surprised that the basically you've had your two dinners, that's it now. So I thought, do you know what? That's it for you. That is it for you. Goodbye. My guest this week is Ben Purton, who is a consultant in the hospitality industry and is also an executive chef. So let's hear more from Ben. Just to start off with, so if you just say what you do briefly, like if basically if somebody came up to you and say, what do you do for work? What would you say? I'm currently a, uh, a sort of industry consultant. Uh, so my last role was a operations uh, director or operations manager for restaurants in Harrods. Uh, but before that, I've been executive chef and director of food and beverage uh, in a few different uh, great places around London, including the Royal Lancaster, um, Churchill Hotel, and I used to be the exec chef of Selfridges. So my, my career started as a chef and now I've gone into the world of, of kind of consultancy uh, and really into the sort of food and beverage start, uh, side of the business. Ah, brilliant. And how did you get into hospitality then? What was the, the link? So my link into hospitality um, is very similar to lots of others. And when I listen to the the, the podcast from from Conrad, it's great to hear him, him sort of saying those things. So I mm. I was always going to be a policeman. So when I was at school, uh. poli- a policeman was going to be my thing. I've always been about six foot one, six foot two. I've always sounded like this. And uh, when I ask people to do things, they tend to they tend to do them, which I think is uh, is something that would have been great in the police force. So my uh, my my careers advisors at school sort of said that would be that would be great. Um, and when I went and did two weeks work experience uh, with them, just wasn't wasn't for me and nothing, nothing bad about it. And I think if I joined joined that that area, uh, I probably would have gone on to done really well. But just just for whatever reason, wasn't for me. Um, and then I on my way home, I phoned I phoned my mum and said, uh, I don't think I want to be in the police anymore. I'm not sure what I want to do. Mm. And, by, and by the time I'd got um, I'd got home, well, nearly home, she'd got me an interview uh, in a local hotel, part of the moat house chain. Who needed a kitchen porter to start to start that weekend? Oh so wow! I walked in. Uh, I said hello to my now wife on reception. Oh wow! As a, as a, oh, as I love that. Of, yeah, so I met, I met my wife in 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 hotels and hospitality. So I was sixteen at the time. Walked in and obviously swept drop her feet because I said, <laughs> "I'm here for the kitchen porter job starting at the weekend." So she 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 quite quickly directed me away as far away from her as she could and around the back. <laughs> And I started, I started as a kitchen porter just because that's what they wanted doing. Yeah. Um, and looked at these guys in the white jackets and thought, I don't want any part of that. I mean, these guys look far too busy and they're sweaty and they, they, they seem to be working all the hours under the sun. 
So I just, I just got busy being the, the helpful guy in the kitchen, uh, washing up, making sure that everything was clean and tidy for these guys. Um, and the chef uh, came over to me about four or five months later, um, was really short for, for dinner service that evening, threw me a chef mm-hmm. jacket and said, um, I need a pair of hands. And I, I jumped into the kitchen that night, thought I did terribly. Um, mm-hmm. And he grabbed me at the end of the night and said, um, you've, you've got it. You, you, if, if you want the job, you can, you can do it and we'll train you and develop you. Um, and I fell into wow. something I was, I was good at. And then, yeah, so I, I was then, I was then a chef. Uh, I went to, I went to a local, a local college in Morphan Forest. I wow. found something I was good at. And the minute I found something I was good at, I wanted to do more and more and more of it. So mm-hmm. I, I, I sort of stayed in that apprenticeship for about three years, uh, then moved to the Colton Tower um, in Knightsbridge, where I spent about the next 10 years of my of my career. And, and I do, I walked into the Colton Tower yes. on, the, on the 4th of December on a, on a cold kind of uh, winter's morning day, thinking I'd just done my three-year apprenticeship and I knew everything there ever was to know about the, the culinary and the hospitality world. <laughs> and then I walked into the Colton Tower and again similar to like meeting my wife when I thought I was the bee's knees because I was I was walking in looking for a job yeah. um, and she wouldn't give me the time of day uh these these guys in the kitchen went okay you need you need to understand where you are in the in the culinary world yeah um so yeah really really started almost started again so learned learned so uh-huh. much in my first apprenticeship but then joined the Colton Tower and and went from second commie when I when I started and I left there as my first head chef position. So I then moved from uh, the Colton Tower. I went over to Selfridges, which is sort of just uh, just down the road, uh, and I, that was my first kind of exec chef position as a as a, as a chef, but in a, in a completely different environment into retail. And then hotels came calling, so I went back to the the Churchill as a as exec chef. So I then became the the exec chef or the chef wherever I went in my next mm-hmm. places, but also took with me a, a more of an operational food and beverage type role as well. So I've always been that guy that says. Right, what else can I do? So when the opportunity to come up um, to go and work for off to work and do a bit of recruitment for for a couple of years, um, in in a normal CV, you think probably the next mm. role would have been another another chef position or another director of F and B position. Yeah. But the it was exciting because it was something I hadn't done. So very very always very keen to try try new things, um, and, it, and and that then I've stayed there for a couple of years and took the operations role that I've just finished at um, at Harrods. So. A kind of very hopefully small snapshot into into my world world of, uh, of culinary and then hospitality to date. I suppose, like for me, the key out of that is just doing something that you're good at and that you love, because that's just propelled you, hasn't it, to go and do other things. So, yeah, wow. I mean, I, I go, I I go into local schools and 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 colleges, whatever, and you you give a few career talks, and mm. and, I, and it always used to be very much, of, of course, do something you love and and find something you're good at and all that stuff is great but i think the the other the other message which is as strong is is also find out so i i, I tried loads and loads of different things mm. um, because the the stuff i loved was was great to find out but it's also really important to find out what you don't like yeah and and wherever possible don't do it so given all of that <laughs> i need to know your food memories now so when you were younger like what was the foods that you loved and who cooked them just take us down that road yeah and um i mean it's interesting that i listened to conrad before uh, before coming on because uh, yeah. we have a lot more in common than i than i than i realized so uh, <laughs> we'll definitely be getting a callback after this at some point because <laughs> mine considering that i wanted to be a policeman when i was young 
my mm. food memories up until jumping into a kitchen the age of sort of 16 17 yeah and not really a lot there so yeah uh-huh. it, it was it was birthdays out at the local whether it be a mcdonald's or a or a burger king or a wimpy those kind of places it was going yes. out to the local carveries on a, on a sunday um, my mum was a great entertainer so all of the birthdays and 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 christenings and and everything and weddings and stuff that happened always ended up being back at my mum so my mum was a was a really good cook and and I, I used to tease her um to tease her for it um all the time she used, she used to make white gravy with a um with a with a turkey dinner and only when I when I joined kitchens and went mum mm. this is not really a this is not really a thing right but so we used to have we used to have lots of banter after I joined kitchens but yeah she, she was the one that kept the family to- totally fueled up but my 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 real food memories or the things that really stick with me probably come yeah. about four or five years later because I had no real idea of what was out there but there's two memories that really stick out for me in that in that period one is yeah. About a year or a year and a half in, I was on room service. I was on dinner dinner service, and there was no restaurant at the time. So it might have been a, might have been a Sunday. The restaurant might have been closed. But I remember there only being like two or three of us in the kitchen in total. Mm. And those, and so anyone anyone that's that, that listens that's got a a culinary or a kitchen background understands what the what the check printer. So when a when a check is sent through by the by the by the service team, the sound that 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 printer makes and. It's like a ching 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 of, of things coming out of the printer, mm. and if that goes on for about ten seconds, it's a, it's a nice straightforward. Somebody wants a soup to start, a steak for main course, and like they've ordered a couple of things. Yeah. When this when this check printer like goes on for a bit, you sort of take a deep breath and you want to go and look at it because there, there's something really big has come on. And I remember this check printer going off for at least two minutes. <laughs> it just wouldn't stop the the check was on the floor from where oh, the, printer, the printers the printers are about six foot high and this God. thing is just spiraling on the on the floor like like doubling over on itself and all of a sudden the the uh the really worried kind of room service team came around and they said uh, so one of our vv vips was staying in the hotel at the time he was taking um a couple of friends to hyde park yeah and he wanted the entirety of the menu to offer them wow so, the, the the order that came through was everything on the menu, like <laughs> like like everything. One of those, and there, there's an advert around at the minute where someone goes into a restaurant and says, "We'll just have one of everything." And I've all, I've always wanted to do that type thing. <laughs> it must have been one of those things. So, that he he didn't want any of his guests to not have the full the full offer. So we we prepared everything, put it into hot boxes, got it down. But it was one of those memories that just sits on the, and the, the sound. Even recanting the story now, the sound of that printer is <laughs> still is still in my head, and I can still it's probably still going on now for the the size of that order. And wow. that, that was early in, into my into my career, so I'd never seen I'd never seen an order from a value point of view. I mean, it was it was thousands upon thousands of pounds at, at, at that time, and it was just a, 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 a crazy amount of food that had to be prepared. And then if I flip forward about eight or nine years so yeah and, and this story is all about attention to detail never get too big for your boots all those kind of things keep yourself mm. really grounded so i developed into the banqueting chef in in the same same buildings so this is probably about eight years later so i i'd gone through the ranks very similar to my uh, my apprentice style in a way so i'd gone from someone that didn't really know anything to someone mm. that was in a very a very senior position and was running events in this in this amazing hotel yeah. um, and my my uh, my exec chef at the time had won um chef of the year maybe a few years before so he was in he was in amazing kind of stellar company 
Mm. Um, and we we had an we had an event where we had to make beef Wellington, but we made them as a as a whole uh, the whole side of beef that would be sent out and carved uh, on a carving trolley in front of the guests per table. Okay, it was, my, it was my job to make sure that all this went out, and and the chef the chef would kind of go out carve it to the tables. So the chef would be the the kind of spokesperson, as it were, and the and yeah. the, the person everyone saw. But we were the guys behind the scenes that made it all happen. Mm. And I, again, I thought I was, I was the bee's knees. I'd made my way up to this position. Everything was going great. And I took my eye off the ball for one, for one part of the whole preparation. So you're making the beef Wellington, you're tying up the, um, the beef. So it all keeps its shape. You're covering mm. everything in Duxel. You're, you're, you're covering it with puff pastry. You're baking it in the oven and you're sending it out as a whole. I mean, it's a, it's a glorious looking, looking piece that's going out to the, to the guests. And the chef's job is to is to carve off an individual piece, put it onto the plate. We, we've done the rest of it. Yeah. And this all happens. I'm standing there like the, the chef's going to come back in, give me a high five and a hug. And this, this day is going to be great. And the first beef Wellington comes back. Oh, no. Um, and as the chef is carving it outside, <laughs> um, he keeps finding the string that we used use to tie the beef Wellington. Oh, and I, I stood there oh. looking at the looking at the head waiter, knowing that the chef is outside waiting for the next <laughs> beef Wellington to go out, knowing oh, that no. the next probably 26 um, oh, of these things God. all have the string on. And oh no! The, the realization that I am in, I am in some serious, some serious, serious trouble dawned. But what also happened was so that there's kind of two sides to the entire story. So I was still in a lot of trouble, mm. but because of the attention to detail, because of the way that we were trained, yeah, I knew where all the strings were, and they were uh -huh. individual strings. So we were able to stand there with a with a, a small pair of uh, scissors and a yeah. pair of a pair of tweezers that you would you would use to take the bones out of the fish. Yeah, and know that if I if I went in here and cut, and went in there and pulled. I could take all these strings out. So we managed oh. to de-string without, without destroying the, the beef Wellington. Yeah. We were able to de-string all of the remaining ones. And when the chef came back in afterwards, he was like, Ben, <laughs> I don't know what happened, but the first one was full of string. But after that, perfect. <laughs> and I still got I still got a mini kind of high five, uh, a, a very, very mini hug. <laughs> but that was that was that yeah. moment of what could have been an absolute disaster and i don't i don't think it would have ended my career by any stretch but yeah, yeah. at the time i was thinking how do you get out of that <laughs> so yeah that, that kind of think think twice um think again double check triple check um yeah. with me. and it should have stayed with me up until that point anyway but from then on you're thinking okay I've made I've made that that that, that mistake and that that needs to be my my kind of my kind of lesson so not not exactly that. some of the food memories I think I think were, were have been on other other bits of the pop up no, my two my two memories from it yeah, uh, yeah. that really stick with me for the rest of it that's good I love that I mean I love that you knew how to get it out because again <laughs> I guess all your preparation from before do you know what I mean you get you out of like a bit of a sticky situation it, it, it so. was about it was about thirty seconds of going. Okay, what's the quickest way out? I know, <laughs> yeah. I know my exit routes type thing. Like, there's a fire, and then it was just like, hold on a minute, I know where they are. So yeah. everyone else is going like, Ben, what are we doing? I was like, no one else do anything because no one else can help me. Yeah, only I know where they are. And once, once you got yeah. into a bit of a, a bit of a mode, you were like, okay, ne let's ne let's never do that again. So there was, uh, a, there was a, next to me on the pass, 
there was a massive bowl of, of dirty strings. <laughs> and when the chef walked back in, I'm standing in front of him and I know behind me there's a there's a massive bowl of string. I'm going, no, 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 chef, I don't know what happened. So, yeah. Love it, love it. <laughs> Okay, so I've never had a cruffin before. Cruffin is a croissant and a muffin. It's like a, a mashup between them two called a cruffin. So never had one before. Thought I'd go and get one. Bought one from 104 Bakery in Sturchley. This is actually a raspberry trifle cruffin. So I'm going to put the phone down, what I'm recording on, and I'm going to cut this cruffin. And I'm going to eat it and I'm going to see how I get on. Oh. Ooh, crunchy. Ooh. That's a jammy side. Mm. Right. Okay. Let me have a taste of this old cruffing. Mm. Looks good. Mmm. 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 Right. Lemony a bit. The raspberry jam is so nice. Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> Sorry. The layers are so good. I've never had a cropping before. Can't understand why I've never had one before. Cream. Mmm. Mmm. There's something. Something hours in the middle. Tastes a bit lemony to me. I don't know what it is. 10-4, you'll have to come back to me and what's in the middle of that cruffing because I've got the raspberry, I've got the whipped cream and the hundreds and thousands, all part of the raspberry trifle, but I'm not sure what this middle bit is. Mmm, mmm, it's custard. <laughs> it's custard. It's nice custard because it's got like nutmeg in it or something. There's something in it. I can see little bits. Mmm, this cruffing is good. I can't believe it's taken me so long to have one. Mmm. Don't make the same mistake as me. Get yourself a cuffing from 10-4 Bakery. Really good. Mmm. Thanks for listening and get involved. You can like, comment and follow me on the socials. I'm on Twitter. I'm at CravenK7. That's C-R-A-V-E-N-K-7. I'm also on Instagram and I'm CravenK7 on there. And if you want to listen to this weekly, I know you do, what you'll need to do is you need to follow me. Follow me on Spotify, Apple, Anchor or Google Podcasts and you'll get notified every week and then you can get your teeth into more menu. Also, I suggest you share this with your good friends and your family because they will not want to miss out either. So why not do that while you're there? <laughs> do it. All right, then. That's me. Thanks for listening. Bye. Yay! Yay! Yay!